This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys on with us again for another episode here in January. Yeah, we're recording on January 2nd. Yeah, I think this will be coming out in the second week of January. So we're really excited to have you guys. Hope you had a wonderful new year and everything's starting out just great for you. Don't touch anything. Be good. Be, be very nice. Very nice. We want to we wanna continue on with good things this year. But we are very happy to have everybody with us because we're on another wine week. That's right. That's right, Seth. Another wine week just for you. And Dan, what are we doing on this wine week? We're doing New Zealand wines, Josh. New Zealand wines. And what are you doing? I'm doing a New Zealand Pinot Noir. It's the Roaring Meg, and it's from uh, the central Ortega area. Okay, cool. And then what are your snacks this week? And my snacks this week is a simple salmon, just a little salt, pepper, olive oil, and I I cooked it in my uh, braising pan. I also did some spiral cut ham, and I didn't even heat it up. I mean, it's so good by itself. And then now, is is this a honey baked ham? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I said spiral cut, but yeah, it's a it's... honey baked spiral cut. Okay. And then Oreo double stuffs. I mean, you know, I mean, it... I think that ought to go pretty well. We'll find out. Yeah, nice and nice and simple there. And what do you have, Josh? So I am doing the White Haven Sauvignon Blanc from Marlboro region. And my pairings this week, I have goat cheese, very classic pairing, a tamale with chicken and cheese, and then some ramen that I made with Chinese five-spice braised pork belly. Oh, okay. So that'll be really good. There's a couple tomatoes in there, too, to kind of brighten it up. But that is what I'm doing this week. But before we jump into it, we got to talk about a blind. Oh, yeah, I listened. (sighs) You know, you had... Uh, Marie and Dave on the show, and you let them pair up, and I think they said that it was an American rye whiskey that had heavy apple notes. Yeah, so they they really just came down and said it was an American rye whiskey. They didn't kind of say it was an Applejack or anything. They uh, no, but they were when they were tasting it, they were going, "Oh, oh do yeah. you smell that apple?" And David goes, "Yeah, I do." Well, <laughs> there's a reason that there's apple on it because it was Calvados, which is an apple brandy made from the Normandy region of France. Uh oh, brandy. So, <laughs> uh oh, well, not American whiskey. No, and you know, after the show, I kind of was talking and I revealed it to them. I was kind of telling them, I was like, "Man." I told I at first I, you they guys said told, something about a brandy. I remember well, that. They didn't think it was a brandy. I know. They said it was too spicy. But yeah. I told them I was like, it wasn't guys sweet enough. They said. Yeah. I was like, guys, you told me to give you the hard one. So That's I right. gave you I gave you the hard one. Well, I think they did pretty darn good. They did. <laughs> I'll say I'd definitely say that. And then we had a great little cocktail week with Marie. Yeah. You know, giving you giving you some time off in the holiday. What'd you think of the the cocktails that we did that week oh it's great the fizzy cocktails uh you know i'm gonna have to try that kentucky mule oh. be sure now <laughs> marie kind of called me out because she said you know i might just put two ounces of oh yeah <laughs> yeah and so just kind of like dad would <laughs> oh yeah we know how you make cocktails dad okay but 
So, right. Are we ready to head into these wonderful wines of New Zealand? I think so. I'm ready. Okay, great. So, we're going to start with mine. Uh, I have a white wine this week. It is, once again, it's the White Haven Sauvignon Blanc from Marlborough, which is on the South Island, but it's on the very north part of the South Island. And I'll talk about that when it comes my turn. Oh, yeah, because Dad's been there. Just, (laughs) Just so everybody knows, Dad has been to New Zealand. Dad and Mom have been to New Zealand. Three islands. (laughs) Yes. It's actually a lot of different islands, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. there are two main islands. Yep. There's the North Island and the South Island, but Marlborough is on the South Island. Uh, This comes from, like I said, a winery called Whitehaven. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that. So my pairings this week, I've got, you know, a classic pairing of just goat cheese, then the chicken and cheese tamale, and the ramen with the Chinese five spice. Super classic pairing. Alert right here. Savion Blanc and goat cheese. Wow, yeah. It is an extreme classic pairing, especially when it's Sancerre, which is a Savion Blanc from France. Well, you get this uh, very good grapefruit notes, both in the yeah. aroma and the taste. Yeah. It's, and that's going to go really, really well yeah, with this goat cheese. So with this, when you're smelling it, what are you smelling, Dad, besides the, besides the grapefruit? Well, it's kind of hard to get past that. Yeah, there's a lot of grapefruit going, but, a lot of but, citrus. you know, I guess you could just say I'm getting citrus. Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely the grapefruit, which is a citrus. I don't know if there is something like orange notes. It's hard to, it's really hard for me to tell. Okay. I get, I get some like greenness back there. Okay. So after the, after the grapefruit, I keep wanting to say Savion Blanc because it's just, what a Savion Blanc to me smells like, right. especially a, a new world one from New Zealand. But there's this like bell pepperiness that's kind of just sitting back there. And I think they call that pyrazines. Mm. So it's like citrus and pyrazines. And it just so it's bright. It's lovely. It's making my mouth water mm-hmm. just by how much, how good it smells. What'd you say the ABV was or you um, haven't I said, did. but. The ABV on this About is 13 half. 13 even. Okay. But it's really bright. It's really fresh. The acid is is pumping there. It's got a lot of grapefruit. It reminds me of grapefruit juice. And really, that's what the Marlboro region is really known for. Yes. A lot of, a lot of, this is a very, I would say a very standard Savion Blanc mm-hmm. to come from New Zealand and its flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bright. It's fresh. It's grapefruity. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of that. Um, pyrazininess, that kind of greeniness. Mm-hmm. I just think of green bell pepper, but it's really, it's really good. It's a good sweet wine too. Um, it's not it's, sweet. It's dry. Well, it's dry, but you get that sweetness. Yes. And I think it's a trick because of the grapefruit. Yes. There may be. I mean, grapefruit's not sweet, but I get, I just kind of get that citrus, um, sweetness when i'm going for it but it is a very dry wine yeah i mean there may be a little bit of residual sugar um because it is allowed because it it sometimes this grape comes off so tart um, when it's made so sometimes you do have uh, some residual sugar in there to help it out to bring that acid down from just being super super high now is this a particular goat cheese josh Mm-mm. it's just goat cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit about white haven uh, Whitehaven 
They have been doing wine in New Zealand since the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. They, as a family, the Whites mm-hmm. is the family that started it. They were actually traveling around New Zealand on a boat and came into Marlboro during hurricane season. Okay, there's a hurricane season down in the southern hemisphere as well, and they helped out with a at a friend's. A family friend's winery, mm-hmm. and they just kind of fell in love, and so they decided in 1994 to start their own pl- their own little haven, okay. and so that's why they call it White Haven. It's like okay. the White's Haven, and they've been running it ever since, ever since the 90s, and they really focus on Savion Blanc in particular. They do have some other wines, but mostly here, at least for a lot of our listeners here in Arkansas. This is going to be the one that you know, obviously, based on dad's <laughs> dad's wine of choice. Uh, global warming has started to affect the wine mm-hmm. regions of South New Zealand, and it's allowed for Pinot Noir. And if you, dad, if you remember back to the the Chardonnay episode with Seth, mm-hmm. there was a Chardonnay that was from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and I know you talk about James suckling, suckling a lot. Mm-hmm. His number one wine of 2021 was that Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. It's $30 Chardonnay that mimics very expensive Chardonnay from France. So what did you think of that pairing? I know you're kind of, you're already into that ramen. (laughs) I see over there. (laughs) I'm I'm hungry, Josh. I can't help it. (laughs) No, the goat cheese, the goat cheese is it. Like you said, it's, it's kind of the perfect pairing for this wine. It's, uh, you know. We might say it's made in heaven, but not really. I mean, it's just a standard goat cheese, what you said. It wasn't anything special. But it's just such a good flavor profile between that acid and this dryness of the wine. Yeah. And so this is like the classic like-on-like pairing that a lot of places, when they teach you about wine, they teach you about wine and food pairings. This is it. Like this is when they when they talk about a like a like like pairing, boom, it's this because you have acid that drives through that goat cheese, you have acid that drives through the wine into meat. This goat cheese calms this wine a little bit. Okay, it doesn't. You know, the goat cheese has more acid, but it also has that fat that kind of covers and coats your mouth, so you get a lot of those lovely, grapefruity kind of flavors mm-hmm. and grapefruit citrus there's no really like i don't know the flavor of gooseberry very very well but gooseberry is one of the things that people say will come up with Savion blanc as well okay especially new zealand Savion blanc gooseberries i i have, i don't think i've ever eaten a gooseberry i may have had gooseberry jam on a dish i don't know that there is in arkansas gooseberry I, I think it's too hot yeah, right. Maybe Montana, maybe. I don't know, but I know I don't know that flavor very well, so I can't find it in mm-hmm. a wine. But I really get that nice, beautiful citrus. It just goes so well with this goat cheese, like a goat cheese tart, like a a goat cheese and uh, onion, but kind of like a like a goat cheese and onion pie would go really, really well. You're already with this. the best on plate. No, I'm not. I'm just. I <laughs> but, love, but it's such a good pairing. I love this pairing. Yeah, you know, you remember when we did the, did the the dinner for the Joyces? Mm-hmm. We did. We were able to find the pyramid goat cheese that's made in Sancerre. 
Yeah. And we had that with Sancerre, yeah. and it was amazing. It's easier to find now than it was then. Well, yeah. So it's a lot easier to find now. But, but it's a lot more expensive. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, that we talk a lot about what grows together goes together. Well, one of the agriculture agricultural things that happens in New Zealand is what? Sheep. It's sheep and goats. Yeah. So sheep it just goats, it yeah. makes sense that goat's milk works well with mm-hmm. with this type of wine. Right. And I don't know if they're they're proactive. They may let some of the sheep go through the vineyard and eat Probably. some of that grass and they usually don't do that because they'll eat the grapes. Oh, that's they usually right. don't let uh, uh, goats or sheep go through there. Well, the goats would eat it. Goats would definitely the sheep. Eat it. Sheep wouldn't. I, I don't think. Yeah, and they'd mow that grass down really tight. Yeah, you know, we talk about you know how they kind of started in the nineteen in the mid to late nineteen nineties. You know, it really wasn't until the two thousands that Whitehaven really kind of made their name here in. In the United States, and they're they're doing really really well. I really enjoy this one. I forget about New Zealand, New Zealand wines, personally. Well, that's that's unfortunate because, you know, when I talk about all the wines we had in New Zealand, you know, there are so many good ones. Yeah, and and their their flavor profile. We blinded you on on some, and mm-hmm. you were just sure it was old world. Yes, and so. They're doing such a good job with these New World, New Zealand, maybe Australian, but I think New Zealand does a better job than Australia does. Maybe it's just that weather. With the with the cold climate grapes. Right, right. Very, very much so. Right. Well, I see you getting into the tamale. Yeah. Well, you know, New Zealand, New Zealand's got an interesting history, you know, with the, with the native, with the Maoris there and you know it was missionaries as it is in a lot of a Mm -hmm. lot of places would Mm -hmm. bring wine to an area and they were the ones that actually kind of brought it to new zealand because you have to have the blood of christ gotta have wine right to have the sacrament so so they're kind of the ones that brought it in in the late 1800s okay so kind of a later you know kind of a later time time frame than a lot of places we're talking about and then, you know, that kind of went on like that. And, you know, they tried to get people to come in to do it. And then it wasn't until like the 19th and 20th centuries where there was a lot of, you know, influx of of uh, people mm-hmm. into New Zealand from other parts of the world, that, which were like kind of going through depressions mm-hmm. and getting away from, you know, other issues that may be going on in their homeland. They kind of really bumped through for the New Zealand winemaking. And then they really found, you know, in the 80s, you know, they probably knew Sauvignon Blanc, but it really wasn't until the 1980s when Marlboro and Sauvignon Blanc really, really hit off and jumped, jumped Mm -hmm. here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Now, do you remember first time you had a Sauvignon Blanc or a New Zealand wine? Well, I had it definitely in New Zealand. Yeah, but you had it before that. Okay, tell me when. No, I'm just saying. In the eight, I was just seeing if you kind of re- you know you it's remember. not it's not my favorite wine, but you're right. It it's really good. I like that grapefruitiness that you get. And so, when might it have been? You know, it might have been back in the. I don't say it was back in the 80s, because you know, 
It was probably it was probably in the late nineties. Yeah. And so it probably was, you know, one of a couple people, you know, Cloudy Day. They're the big, mm-hmm. big, really, really well known kind of originators in the United States. Could have been Whitehaven. Well, not not in the nineties. Uh could have been Oyster Bay. Oyster Bay. Like right. we've had before. Could have been Matua. Right. They're another one who's been around for a while. And, you know, so it kind of was a later a later joiner to the party. And well, and it's usually known as just value wine because prices are usually pretty cheap. What was the price point on this one? It was about 25. Yeah. It was about 25. Yeah. And for some people, they're like, why would I pay $25 for a New Zealand wine? Right. You know, that that Chardonnay was $35. And I think I remember telling Seth, it's like, you know, it's hard to spend $35 on a New Zealand wine. But it's that good. It is good. Yeah. It's definitely worth well, it's $35. Hard. It's hard to spend 35 when you're not real sure. Okay, somebody tells you it's good. And if it's Seth, you might trust him more than if it was me. But still, $35 is, is above your normal price point. Yeah. And so it's like, Sometimes we just stick what we with what we know. Yeah. And so my situation with wines like this is I typically are going to pick a red wine. Right. I'm not going to pick a Chardonnay, True. rarely. But the Seven Sauvignon Blanc mm-hmm. or this one, you know, it's got to be kind of, I got to know that it's pretty good. Right. Or I'm going to pick it. It's pin, even if I'm going to spend 25 on, well, Wine Wednesday is probably 20. Yeah. So tell me about the uh, the uh, ramen. The ramen has a similar sweet kind of taste to me. Even though, like you said, this wine's not sweet. But the ramen noodles, because of that... Um, liquid that it's in and just because it's the noodle has that sweetness to it Mm -hmm. i mean it's not like i'm eating sugar or anything but it's it's just enough sweet to the sweet wine to make it a good pairing okay and of course the the pork belly okay (laughs) How, how are we gonna go wrong with that now how did you do that pork belly did you so i i braised it and Initially in just water, ginger, garlic, mm-hmm. um, but it has a kind of a rub on it of salt, pepper, and Chinese fiber. You're into that five spice. Well, it's good. Is, yeah. It's good. I'm, it's got I'm a really you. good balance of flavors in it. But so I braised that down and then after, after about an hour, because I'd cut it into slices first, after about an hour, I put it into cubes. Got it down to just a cup of liquid, mm-hmm. just enough liquid to barely cover all that. Added in some oyster sauce, mm-hmm. but I use mustard and oyster because I don't prefer the vegetarian oyster sauce rather mm-hmm. than actual oyster sauce. A little bit of a little bit of soy sauce, mm-hmm. and then some called shokshin. I think it's soshin cooking wine. Okay, it's a standard Chinese cooking wine, and then cook that down for another about thirty, thirty to forty-five minutes. And then added in some brown sugar. And now then did you just gorgeous. throw the pork belly in at the very end of the ramen? Yeah, I just put it on top. So the okay. the broth I used um, bell pepper, 
carrots and onion, kind of roasted those in the pan, mm-hmm. and then it's better than bouillon, and yeah. let it cook, kind of let it cook with those vegetables for about 45 minutes to an hour. So, so I'm getting more of the pepper yeah, with the ramen noodle now that I've had it. And I did the same thing with the tamale. It's like all of a sudden there's the there's the pepper within this wine. Yeah, it bring, it really it was does. really hiding in the background, and I didn't really pick it out at first. Yeah, but there it was. Yeah, and I think that the that's you know from that spiciness. I haven't had the ramen yet, but the spiciness and the the flavors of the tamale are what's bringing out. The, yeah. the complementing flavors in the wine. Well, I think that might have been what happened because I had the tamale. Well, I had the ramen noodle, and then I had the tamale, and then all of a sudden I'm, t- I'm tasting the green pepper. And then I went back to the ramen, and there it is. It was hidden in there, and I didn't really know it yeah. un- un- until I went back. Yeah. All right, best on place. <laughs> Here we go. So the the broth. So I try. I was just trying the broth by itself because the broth. When I was cooking the broth, since I had green bell pepper in there, it it smelled really, really like green bell pepper. Uh, but it doesn't come out as much in the broth itself. Right. Right. You just get that really good kind of chicken stock flavor. Oh, so that's a cooking tip. Of mine, pantry essential is better than bouillon. Pantry essential. Oh. Yeah, better than bouillon stock. Oh, okay. Stock starter. It's kind of a paste, and then you oh, just okay. add in hot water, teaspoon, a but teaspoon for every cup. Mama always got the bouillon cube. Okay. Like I said, this is better than bouillon. <laughs> <laughs> and it, well, it, not your mama, my no, mama. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just gives you so much really good flavor mm-hmm. for, for its for what it's punching. It's obviously going to taste better if you make the stock from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to taste better. It might even taste better if you use store bought stock. But I really, I really, really suggest having better than bouillon. You can get it in. Oh yeah, chicken, beef, roasted vegetable. Yeah, they even have a garlic one. Oh okay. Which a lot of times, oh I put I put had some smashed garlic in there too. A lot of times, what I'll do is I'll use like one teaspoon of the garlic. better than bouillon yeah and then however much else i'm going to use of whatever else whether it's beef or chicken this is chicken okay yeah to to give it that kind of big roasty garlic flavor anyway no i like you know when we when we do thanksgiving we have that turkey the problem with us frying the turkey is you can make your bouillon your turkey stock but you're going to get a lot of that that fried flavor in it oh yeah and so that might not fit well with whatever you're trying to to cook Mm -hmm. but if you just do just a regular old turkey or a regular old chicken that's the way to do it yeah just boil that up boil that up and make your soup it's another way to do it too yeah so dad while i'm getting into this ramen tell us a little bit about your time in new zealand because you guys went to marlboro right we we took a wine tour in Marlboro. Now, the thing about a wine tour is you pay and you get what you pay for. And so, I guess if 
you know, if it's an all day tour and you go three places, you know, that's pretty quick to go three different places in one day. And that's kind of what we did when we were in Alba in Italy. So you're going to have to go to places that are close together. And that's not a bad thing. But, you know, it just depends on what you want to pay for. Our Marlboro tour, the wines were all good. And I know we can't get them here. And I should have shipped some back, but they'd be gone by now because that was in 2017. Well, do you remember anything about like the landscape kind of what it looked like? or The landscape of- was all flat. I mean, we came out of Picton. Picton is the last town on the South Island before you go to, to the north. In fact, that's where you catch the boat that goes to the North Island. And so we made our arrangements and so we come out of we come out of Picton and we went through some mountainous area just to kind of get over the ridge, I guess. And then we're in the Marlboro region. And then, you know, it's pretty flat there. But there's just winery after winery after winery. And you know, we had a good time. We had some good wines. It was mostly the whites, because that's what they're famous for. The Sauvignon Blanc, like those. Not the, there were a few Pinot Noirs. So, it was a good time. Yeah, I bet Mom really, really liked it. with Because Mom really likes Sauvignon Blanc. Well, I do too. It's just something that I don't normally pick. Right. Now, these these wine tours that we did in the Marlboro region, there was no food. It's like, you're just drinking wine. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're not really drinking that many. It's like, you know, a three at one place and three at another, and pours are like, you know, an ounce and a half maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. But, you know, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I bet. Kind of an all-day tour. The thing you don't know when you're booking your wine tour, and this applies to anywhere you go, you don't know who's going to be on the van <laughs> with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah. there may be always that one that is the loudmouth or the question that everybody knows the answer to, and in, including the person that asks it. They just want to ask it to hear the answer. <laughs> right. And for So everybody knows that they knew to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. One of them was Farmingham. It's a F-R- Framingham, F-R-A-M-I-N-G-H-A-M. Okay. And it was, it was a good, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, they say following the crowd isn't our style, especially when it comes to winemaking. You know, everybody's got their little thing, you know. Yeah, so I totally agree with you going to the pairings about how the ramen brings out some more of that pepperiness. Mm-hmm. It also kind of takes the the citrus into kind of the bitter point. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the pithiness or like the zest. Or like if, you, if you're zesting a, a grapefruit and you get just a little bit too far down mm-hmm. and then you get, you get a little bit of that white pith in there, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Okay. 
So just so I'm a, looking at this Farmington Farmington website, and they've got three, six, nine, ten bottles, eleven bottles on their on this little picture. One of them is a Pinot Noir. All the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it has and that's a, just the way it is. And and they started in 1981, so none right. of these are very old. No, that's that's the that's one of the things to know about most of the wines that we're going to get here in the United States that are from from New Zealand. They they have not really been going for a long time, mm-hmm. or if they have, they've been extremely popular because you know to take a fresh white wine like this and ship it to United States, right. it's a long shipping, and right. you know they got to use a, a refrigerated container. The wine, so it's right. it's really expensive to get the wine. It can be really expensive to get the wines here, exactly. So it it has to be of good quality or of value, I would say, to kind of get it here. Rule so, number one: do what you love. Oh, never work a day <laughs> in your life. Um, so, Dad, yeah, I don't really have much more about this wine. So, do you want to go ahead and? Switch over to yours. Okay. Okay. So when we're talking, as we're switching over to dads, I'm going to talk a little bit, you know, geography here. So obviously New Zealand is in the Southern hemisphere. That's why I'm able to have a 21 vintage already. Right. Cause you know, it's just barely 2022, uh-huh. but you got to remember they harvested in like February. Right. February. Their, their fall. Yeah. So they're able to get the wines to us, you know, a lot faster. Now it is main New Zealand is is made up of two major islands. They just call them the North Island and the South Island. Mm-hmm. And in the North Island, the main wine regions you're looking at are Northland, Auckland, Gisborne, Hawkes Bay, and um, Wanapara. Those are kind of your big ones. On the southern, on the southern island are kind of the more the names that i think are more recognizable for a lot of people okay you have marlboro nielsen canterbury and central otago right like those are the main ones here on the south island now hawks bay is another really well-known region of new zealand but that's up on the north island and so, dad's wine when the, we were when we were in new zealand our friends ken and john smith and he is a Presbyterian retired minister, but he was actually preaching at a church mm-hmm. near Hawks Bay. So he took us and we did some wine tasting in Hawks Bay, and that is really some very good wine as well. Right. Yeah, it is. Hawks Bay is another, like I said, another very well known region. Now, Dad's is from the Central Otago region, which is actually the most southern region of the major wine regions of New Zealand. It's down toward Queensland, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's actually, it's also actually the only one that, when I'm looking at this map, one of the, the larger ones that doesn't have any coastline mm-hmm. in it. So it's actually central mm-hmm. in the island. So, Dad, go ahead and remind us what your wine is and your pairings. So it's it's the Roaring Meg Pinot Noir, and as Josh said, it's from the Central Otago area. It's a Pinot Noir, so it's it's got that 
beautiful crimson, dark, kind of purple red color. It's a, have you tasted it yet? No, I haven't. Okay, well, you need to pour some up and get a little taste of it because it's got a little bit of a violet and floral notes to it. Okay. Sort of has, to me, it sort of has some uh, baking spices. It has some, I think, some white peppery notes to it. Yep. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's it, kind of, it's a little bit, I'd say it's a little delicate, but it comes through, like, I get a lot of bright cherry. I get some mm-hmm. of the violet that you're talking, those floral, floral notes of the violet that you're talking about. As well as some of that little bit of pepperiness. And it's a 2018 vintage. Mm-hmm. And what the what the tasting notes say is, you know, it'll improve for three to five years. Well, here we are. Mm-hmm. We're three years out, going on four. And it's, it's an excellent, excellent wine. So I don't know enough about, you know, what the weather was like in 2018. In New Zealand, but it must have been a good year because this is really good wine. <laughs> well, and they're just they're they're good at it. They're they're getting their legs underneath these type of cold climate grapes, you know, because it's it can be difficult to to grow. Pinot Noir is a very particular kind of particular kind of grape, and it it doesn't like it if it's just a little too hot or if it's just a little too cold. It's very particular, and, and be, we've learned that from Willamette Valley. Yes, and it can be a little bit difficult to. To ventify. Well, that's strange that it's it doesn't have a coastline in this region where they're growing this grape because I would think like Oregon, the Willamette Valley, you get that cooler area from from the Pacific Ocean. So they must be I don't I didn't well, see anything about exactly their their elevation here. Well, it's not it with with them. It's not really about elevation at this point, Dad. It's about latitude. Well, that's true. It's they are so far south because it's inland. It actually stays a little bit warmer. If it was coastal, I don't think they would be able to grow okay, Pinot Noir. I think it'd be too cold. I have to agree with you because uh, Antarctica is not that far away Mm-mm. from well. The third island that we went to is called Stewart, and Stewart Island is very, very, very near to Antarctica. In fact, there's penguins. When we went to Stewart, that was one of the reasons we went there, is to take a nighttime tour, A, looking for penguins, B, looking for the kiwi bird. Oh, yeah. We, We saw both. But don't have pictures, really. <laughs> yeah, no pictures. Uh, when you're when you're looking for the kiwi bird, you're at, it's nighttime, and so it's like, no, you can't take pictures because you know, right? That's just wrong. Well, and so the latitude that this is at is at forty five degrees south, right? So that's that's very far down there, and. You know their their elevation is not very high. It's around three hundred meters, mm-hmm. so or three hundred meters to about thirty seven hundred meters. But I don't think they're they're going all the way up to those mountains. But because uh-huh. of those because of those mountains, it kind of shields it and gives it a maritime climate. Mm-hmm. 
which is kind of looking for, you know, good rain, not, you know, not too much. It gets, it gets warm because they are so far south. It does get warm enough. That's the thing that I think is, is one of the reasons why central Otago. So we forget in our, we forget our, you know, our astrophysics lessons from elementary school mm-hmm. that the Southern hemisphere during its summer is actually closer in the oval shape of the Earth's orbit. It's actually closer right. to the sun than the northern hemisphere's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. point. So their su- they actually get hotter weather in their summer because they are technically closer to the sun right. during, their, during their summer months. And they're like, I, I've got a picture here on my screen, they, they're like in a valley, and you can see... Mountains on one side, mountains on the other side, and the vineyard down in the middle. And so I think they're they're shielded from that mm-hmm. really hot weather or that really cold weather but by the fact they're in this valley. Yeah. It's a really good wine. It's really bright. It's fresh. It's easy to drink. It's not really assaulting on the palate. It goes really well with the Oreo. Oh, you jumped to the Oreo? <laughs> I jumped straight to the Oreo. Okay, well. Uh, my pairings, for those that uh, care, the Oreos last. But the the pairings are the, the salmon, which I said was just a very simple olive oil, salt, pepper. Put it on my, my grilling pan. And then I have some of that spiral cut, honey baked ham. I'm surprised you didn't try that first. I wanted an Oreo. <laughs> and then the Oreos. <laughs> I went straight for the Oreo. My sweet tooth kicked in. I was like, ooh, I didn't have anything sweet on I my was, plate. I was working on my pairings in my mind last night. And there's a, you know, I turn on Netflix and there's a, a new Lost in Space series. Okay. And I say new. The old Lost in Space was back in the 70s or 60s. I don't know why you're looking at me like I'm uh, not. I, anyway, I don't, I'm looking at you because I don't know either. I have no idea. But, well, remember we went to uh, Bill Clinton's inauguration? In 94. In 94. And we met June Lockhart. Well, June Lockhart was on Lost in Space. Anyway, back 90, to what, was, anyway, what okay, was yeah. happening last night. Okay, yeah. So it was like the second episode and the girls going out to try to find the parents in, in the big Land Rover. And I don't know, they're on some planet. And she takes a whole bag of the whole thing of Oreos. And I go, bingo, that's my pairing. <laughs> that's that's my sweet for my pairing. Yeah. Well, I really like it. So, the you know, Oreos have that really sweet center. But the cookie itself, the cocoa cookie, is not not very sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's that cocoiness, that a t- not tart, um, kind of bittery mm-hmm. cocoiness that works really, really well with the flavors of this wine. Yeah, and I, I I think that's kind of what it is. Now the double stuff does add a little bit of sweetness, and the sweetness kind of kills the wine. But when you get just that little bit of chocolatiness, that cocoiness before, goes really well with the the fruity and the that lightly kind of baking spice that you get on this wine. Yeah, I hadn't tried it yet, but I haven't tried anything else yet. <laughs> Have you? Well, that what about that little bit of pepper pepperness that's in this wine goes is away. That- it just disappears. Yeah, all, all all that really plays is the fruit. Oh, okay, 
with the with the cookie. Okay. Because it's so sweet. So one of the other wines that we had when we were in New Zealand is called Mills Reef. Okay. And I was really fascinated by that one. Okay. Why is that? Well, the name Mills had something to do well, with I it. Well, I figured that much. But, but, <laughs> but it was really it's really good wine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 503 hectares. Pretty good size winery. Yeah. So, what about this wine? Like, as you're as you're kind of tasting it, what are you, what are you kind of tasting? Like you said, I get I get the the dark fruit. I get that pepperiness. I get um, the other flavor of you know the Pinot Noir itself. It's a it's a really great grape. It. Uh, it's fresh, it's fruity, but not excessively fruity. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a lot of times we'll get these really, really fruity, fruity wines, and it's like, that's just too much over the top. Okay. And this one just is a nice, mellow, easy drinking, sit on the back porch, not today, but sit on the back yeah, porch. it's and 22 drink, degrees. And, and drink that wine. Yeah, it is. It's a really... It's a real crowd. I could, you know, I would say this is a real crowd pleaser. Yeah, I think this would be a great one. You know, if you're kind of thinking forward, I think this is a great summer wine. I think this would be a great uh, spring kind of wine as well. Also, it would do really well at Thanksgiving. I think it would. You know, it has enough body that it's going to kind of deal with the turkey and some mm-hmm, of the dressing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quite have the tartness that I that I really really look for or the Either the tart or the super over the top, like jammy kind right. of fruit consistency. No, it's not a jammy. For kind of to give you that cranberry, to give you that cranberry sauce feel. Uh, the fruit flavors on this are really fresh. They're really light. It's, it's sort they're of not baked. It's sort they're of not cooked. got a, a Beaujolais Nouveau flavor to it. I mean, it's not it's not the Nouveau because it's a it's a better, a more textured uh, wine. Well, and it's, but it's light, it's bright, kind of like what you do get with the Nubo. Yeah, I, it's. I would say that I would agree with you that the fact that it's really easy on the palate. Yeah, like a Nubo is. But this has got good depth, good depth as well. Explain what you mean depth. Depth. So well, when I'm talking about depth, I'm getting extra earthy bottom bottom notes. So if I'm talking about chords and music, you know, you mm-hmm. have your high, your middle, and your low gives you that kind of bottom bottom notes here it's it's a little bit of earthiness it's a little bit of that you almost kind of get some of the barn but not really you get some like uh compostiness uh earthy earthy tones that kind of sit down there so would it trick you to make it think make you think it was uh the old world no okay there's too much fruit on top yeah it's too much in the baking spice well, no, the baking spices wouldn't wouldn't let me go one way or the other. The thing that's really going to drive this is the is the, it's rounder in the mouth. It's not as driven. It's not as acid driven. It's a little bit old world ones are a little bit leaner, a little bit more acid and mm-hmm. earth driven. Whereas this one, it's kind of you know it's got it's got big broad shoulders, mm-hmm. and um, with the fruit on top, that's kind of where. 
like this this reminds me of a new world new okay. world peanut okay. that i've had from either like california or oregon it's not it's obviously not that but i would definitely say this kind of reminds me of some oregon stuff because well, it is a cooler climate and the, and the price point is not a willamette valley pinot noir price point Mm-mm. this one is in the 20s and that Willamette would be up in the 40s or could be. 30s 30s to 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Willamette, I want to say damn it, Willamette Valley would be a more complex Pinot Noir in the fact that it's more, um, text. there's more texture to it. Right. There's more, there's more, um, mouthfeel texture and maybe a little more of the fruit forward i don't know so i think so here's what i think we need to have happen i think we need to have seth come in again and what he did for chardonnays i think he needs to do for pinot for pinot noirs for us okay to let us see those differences between ones because there are all the new and the old well, not just new and old, but new world, old world, California, Burgundy, your, I mean, anywhere that does it, kind of just to know that difference because there are subtle differences and there, there are differences that make a lot of value, or not a lot of value, uh, monetary, monetary differences just besides the soil, the, the, the name, just besides the name of the label. But I think that may be something fun to do with another grape that is well-known around the world. You know, this is one that people will go into a restaurant and see Pinot Noir on the list and order a Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. But they may not know what they're ordering. No. So kind of like they know Pinot Noir, they know Chardonnay, they know Savion Blanc. But I think it'd be interesting to do that again and do it blind like Seth and I did so that we're not, preconceived notions are not, are not there. Well, I think you need to somehow figure out how to get to Marlboro because that is such a wonderful wine tasting region. Yeah. It's a, that is a long haul. It's a long, it's a long flight. That's a long flight. I mean, it's whatever it is, 12, 14, 15 hours. Depends on where you're leaving from. (laughs) Well, right. Well, LA. So maybe I can just figure out how to do a really long trip and do like, Chile, Argent, do Argentina, Chile. Oh, just go down. South, yeah. Just do south. Just do south, southern hemisphere. You know, right. South America. Do you know Argentina? Do Chile? Do New Zealand? Do Australia? Mm-hmm. Do South Africa, and then come home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying around the world. I'll buy. Uh, maybe that's what I need. Somebody needs. I need to win the lottery. Buy an around the world ticket. Do it that. I way. don't know that they even do that anymore. I'm pretty sure they still do. As long as you fly in one direction. Like you oh, can't backtrack. Okay. Okay. Now the other one that we uh, tasted on our Marlboro wine region was Gessen, G I E S E N. Okay. And on their website, they so they show this beautiful winery, but it's again in a valley, and it's like sandstone hills all around. You know it's. At the end of the day, when work is done, the Jetson brothers, Jetson, Getson brothers appreciate family and friends and sharing meals. I mean, 
What a great attitude that is. Yeah. I mean, it's like, let's have some wine. Let's let's just get together and be friends. Yeah. So speaking of your wine, how does it go with the salmon? It did go very well. So the wine and the salmon, neither one of them overpowered each other. Because mm-hmm. the salmon, you know, I started to put some balsamic vinegar on my salmon. If I'd done that, I'd have ruined it with the wine. Because the because the salmon was very simple, the wine and the salmon went well together. Yeah. This, this is one of those places where you can do red with fish. Yeah. And I would think that was a really great thing that you did. This salmon's got that nice big body to it. And, you know, you have that nice oily, fatty kind of this from the fish mm-hmm. and it plays well with the flavors that are in that you know the, the wine's not going to overpower the fish but the wine's got enough body and enough depth to it to match up to the fish right and there wasn't you know if i'd have if i'd have made some kind of mustard sauce or some kind of tequila sauce and put it on the salmon which i really like to do it wouldn't work with this wine yeah i think maybe something sweeter like I think you could, de- I think you could do teriyaki. I think you're right. I think you definitely could do some, could have. some good Asian flavors definitely. with that. Definitely, as long as the Asian flavors are not too strong. Right. You know, I wouldn't use fish sauce. In, in, the, I, I wouldn't use fish sauce in your sauce that you would use to try and match with this. I think that would get over. They just kind of like over. the Worcester sauce. Yeah. Yeah, so, so oyster or sauce, spice. or maybe even just hoisin. Yeah, just do something like that. I th- okay. This now we're gonna just go on pairing tangents. Now, this is your rib wine. Mm-hmm. I think this wine would go really well with your ribs. Yeah, and, you know it. I think it works really well with pork. It went really well with the the pork part of the ham. Now, some of the sweetness of the ham in the spices didn't in my head didn't play well with some of those earthy and spice tones that are in the wine it it kind of it kind of clashed all right head it did it wasn't really harmonious as as i've had things before and i couldn't quite put my finger on i don't know if i don't i didn't think it was the honey i think it just came down to some of the like like all i can think of is like the cinnamon and the cloviness of that ham. I'm trying it again because I, I didn't notice all that. There is some, again, there's some sweetness with that ham because of the baking spices and the cloves and all that. And but that's not really in the wine. No, it's it's it kind of, but not really prevalent. I think it just fights. And I think what it is, I think it's the outside. I think it's that outside, like, skin layer where yeah. all the spices are. I think it's just really tense in whatever it was. Something didn't match because I just had the hand by itself and it was fine. Well, of course it was. But it's just that extra outside edge of the hand. That little fatty it. layer? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just the fat. It was the actual, like, like the coating. Mm. Like this, the coating area. So I'm gonna try this tamale with it. I'm about to have some of the pork belly because <laughs> we got to start thinking about best on plate. Okay, don't we? Thinking about. It. So you guys, did you guys go down to Central Otago? 
Not exactly. Explain. I mean, we went to, all the way south to Queensland, which is like the most southern big town of the South Island. And then, like I said, we went to Stewart, which is south of the South Island. So we, we, we had to have gone through that area. But see what we were doing. They drive on the left, so I wasn't going to do any driving. And there's this great, there's this great bus line. And it's actually called the inner city bus line, which goes from one big city to another big city. So a lot of what we did is we're going on the the buses. And these are like, you know, like your big Greyhound, really nice buses. So you kind of don't know exactly where you are sometimes. And it's like, okay, it's tea time. We're stopping and, uh, oh yeah, the bathroom's over there. (laughs) But uh, I'm sure we went through there. Had to have. And then like Marlboro, what I was going to say about Marlboro is we stayed in a, a town called Picton. Picton is the most northern town on the South Island where you catch, quote, the ferry boat to the North Island. And it was this fabulous Irish pub. <laughs> yeah. And we weren't drinking wine there. And actually, Josh, it was Guinness. It was, of course it was Guinness. Well, yeah. But it was, it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's right. We were there for St. Patrick's Day. I forgot about that. In fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's going to be the weird thing. It didn't really go well with the pork belly. Mm-mm. It didn't go with the Chinese five spice. Yeah. No, just kind of. Well, there's. Didn't really work. There's very little spices with this wine. And so you put a whole lot of spice with it. Yeah. And it just overpower the wine. It just doesn't work. Yeah. How'd it go with the tamale? Well, there's spice in that tamale, but it seemed to go pretty well. Did you try it? No, I didn't. Well, it's a different kind of spice, you know. It's yeah, not... it's subtle. Right. And in Chinese five spice, there are quite a few baking spices. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you've got cinnamon, clove right. in there. And right. That just didn't really go with the wine. Well. Best on plate. You ready for best on plate? Oh my goodness. I'll go first. All right, go first. With my wine, I think the best thing was everything. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to. Okay, we're done. I agree with you. (laughs) No, um, I think I can't really pick one because they're so different. Mm -hmm. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to say the goat cheese. You know, as classic as that is, it just works. It's cl- it's classic and it works for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so good together. Mm-hmm. And then with your wine, I'm going to say... The Oreo. The Oreo. Yeah. The Oreo. <laughs> the Oreo was the best. So, as far as the classic with your wine, absolutely that goat cheese. Absolutely. But as far as a pairing that you kind of don't think of, this is something 
we want the listeners to think about right. is you don't always have to go with that classic. Mm-hmm. The ramen noodles and the pork belly, they just had something. And it's like I said, once you kind of tasted it, I got I got the green pepper coming yeah. out. So you got more more flavors coming out of the wine than you really had because you didn't have I didn't have that with the goat cheese. Mm-hmm. The goat cheese was just the wine and the goat cheese, and they're perfect together. Right. It's like you know, let's not talk about what's what's out there and what's in there and all that. It's just like they're perfect. Okay. So as far as mine, I like the salmon. I really did. And I was surprised that, okay, let's, let's back up. The Oreo, okay. The Oreo was perfect. The black, the chocolate covered part of the Oreo was perfect. But when you put the creamy filling with it, mm-hmm. it just, it, it didn't quite work for me. Yeah. It's because that creamy filling and the wine didn't work together. Mm. They were just, to me, they were too sweet. I mean, the creamy filling was too sweet. Yeah. So, for me, the ham worked. Okay. It really did. The salmon, I mean, there's a close second. I mean, we'll eat the salmon tonight. Right. <laughs> with, with what what right. wine might be left. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, and that's, I think that's a classic with Pinot Noir mm-hmm. is the salmon. Kind of like the classic with your wine was the goat cheese. Right. And if I put any all kinds of other things on that salmon. Yeah. It just wouldn't have worked. Yeah. I, 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 kind, of, I kind of agree with that. Well, all right. Well, I think we're at the point where we're ready for the blind this week. And we'll get it poured up. All right. Okay, so we've got our wine poured up here. And Dad has got me a nice, lovely red wine. It's a blind this time. It is a a, a light, almost a ruby consist color. Uh, goes out to kind of the standard watery magenta meniscus. Just checking. Yeah, it's going. Okay. Uh, no real evidence of gas or sediment in this wine. It looks pretty clean, clear. Didn't really kind of get any secondary, no real like secondary colors or rim variation on this wine. Legs are kind of standard. All right, on the nose, uh, this wine is clean. There's no real faults. It is a kind of a lot, there's some earthiness going on. There's some red dark dark red fruit almost bordering on black fruit mm-hmm. kind of flavors in there there's some like i said there's earthiness there's desiccated flowers there's not really smelling any kind of baking spices if there are there's some light wood usage there but it's kind of way in the background profile um not really kind of getting any any non-earth well, maybe there's a little bit of like stoniness a little kind of like stoniness in there. All right, let's give this one a taste. This wine is, has no faults. The tannins are high. 
in this wine. Uh, the acid. Well, high compared to what we just had, but not really high, right? They are covering my teeth and my tongue. Okay. I'm going to call them kind of high. Okay. At this point. Uh, they are, the acid on this is medium plus. Alcohol's not too, too prevalent from what I can tell. Yeah. Acid, acid's medium plus. Alcohol, kind of standard, which is kind of, I'm going to call it medium, medium, medium plus. It is um, pretty lean on the palate. Finish is kind of short. And I think that's because of the tannins, which are just drying out my mouth. All right. So this wine, you're getting a lot of red, fully ripe red fruits. You're getting a lot of rose, tar, um, kind of desiccated flour. You're getting some of that asphaltiness in the non-earths. I'm going to move that acid call to, to medium plus or Maybe not quite too high, but definitely medium plus at different pulls and dries all at the same time. There's earth on this wine. There's that rocky, stony, like I said, asphalt, almost kind of tarriness. There is um, some cherry, some kind of blackberry almost. Do you like this wine? I do. I do like this wine. You ever had this wine before? Probably. So based on everything I've said so far, my initial conclusion is... That this is an old world wine. It's coming from Italy or France or possibly Spain. We're going to say it's Pinot Noir. It's Nebbiolo. It could be Key. It could be Sangiovese. Or it could be uh, Tempranillo. I think that this is a this is a old world wine. It is it is Nebbiolo. It is from Italy. It is from Barolo. Actually, hold on. Hmm? Give it another taste. I think it's Barbaresco. I think it's lighter. It's it's uh, it's softer on the palate. Even though it does have a lot of those earthy kind of... It does have a lot of those still tannins and drying aspect. It is... It's a little bit softer on the palate. It kind of wraps you in a really tight hug rather than punches you in the face. So that's kind of how I kind of go between the two. So I think it's Barbaresco. I think it's probably 2017. That's it? Yep. All right. That's kind of where there I'm, you have it. Where I'm going to go for on this wine. And so, Dad, what are we doing next week? Well, I wrote down that we're doing non-alcohol beers. I'm doing the uh, non-alcoholic Calibra. It's a, uh, a Guinness product. Okay, so we're going to be doing a non-alcoholic beers. So zero, we're talking 0. 0.0? Well, 0. Point whatever. Okay. Because, you know, it's the January oh. Getting ready for, getting ready for <laughs> dry. Detox, yeah. Getting ready for dry February that a lot of people like to do. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to be doing the Wellbeing Brewing Hellraiser Dark Amber non-alcoholic what? beer. What? So this is actually a 0.0 product. And I'm going to be doing that um, for the podcast. It looks like water. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> have you ever had it? I have not. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't right. usually go into the non-alcoholics, but we'll, I think we'll give it a trial. It'll be good to kind of see and as people are thinking about, you know, maybe doing a dry February. Right. Some people do that. Mm-hmm. 
it'll be kind of a good thing. Well, this was another great, great podcast. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, These two wines were really good. They are very good. Kind of reminded us all of how New Zealand is a place that we can go and have some great wine again. Well, we really appreciate you guys being with us and you know, following us again. And remember, we are on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Acquired Tastings. All those except for Twitter. And we are Acquired Tasting on Twitter. Now, we've actually, we're going to be joining the world of TikTok with this episode. And going, we are at Acquired Tastings on TikTok. So give us a like, a follow, a share on those, on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, remember, we are on all of your podcast platforms as well. Like, comment, share for us. Uh, give a, give us a rating. We'd love to have the ratings. Ratings kind of help us get promoted and seen. So, if you like what we're doing, give us a rating. Give us a give us some stars on your favorite platform. Tell your friends about us. Yeah, tell your friends about us. You know, tell your enemies. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> tell your frenemies, your enemies, everybody about us. And if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us again on on email acquiredtastings at gmail.com well dad another great one right i think so all right so once again i'm josh mills and i'm john mills and we'll see you next time thank you and goodbye